0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want To Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we've got Andrew on who is a stand-up comic and presenter. Hi Andrew.
1: How you doing guys, you alright? Yeah, good. How are you? Um, um I'm all good, man. Just, I'm glad to be coming back to Normality soon and uh, oh, tomorrow, yeah surely, but yeah, I'm all Absolutely. good, man. Can't what wait for guys?
0: the 17th so we can I get know. back inside somewhere. Because have you been going to the pubs and stuff? Because we've been going to the pubs and it's <laughs> Absolutely freezing outside. Still,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Blitz. I went. I went out one time like last weekend, and I was like, "I'm not doing it. Oh, <laughs> I'm just gonna sit in my house at home and wait
0: until the 17th." <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's jump straight in. Then, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you actually do, Andrew?
1: Yeah. So um, I am a, a stand. As you mentioned, I'm a stand-up comedian. Um, been on the circle for about two years now, and also uh, a presenter. Uh, present at bt sport um so yeah i just do i have my own show on there called what i wore i do like sit down interviews and and stuff like that um, and just other other pieces
0: very cool that uh bt sport um show you're on now with Hugo monnier as well
1: yeah yeah i'm on the, yeah, it's a numbers game yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah so that looks cool how did how did that all come about
1: um it's weird it's a weird one actually i just i was just at home and um I just got a text or like a email actually asking if I can do a screen test. Mm. So I think the plan was for like BT to do something for it's almost like a kid show where like you can get like um parents in before they watch the game to kind of get their kids watching BT sport as well.
0: Okay.
1: So yeah, it was just like it was it was it was mad like a quick turnover, like I, I did a screen test and then literally the next week they were like yeah we want to start shooting this thing we have six episodes and literally it's been like the most fun like the most fun thing i've done like even more than like doing the interviews with like superstar footballers it's like i'm just in that show just doing mad stuff like I had to do like a bungee jump <laughs> I had to do <laughs> I had to do like some stupid Guinness World Record stuff like it's been crazy yeah so it's been like that's been like the most fun I've ever had on like an actual show it's crazy.
0: Oh cool so your your sort of stand-up how did you get involved in the world of comedy then what made you go into that?
1: Let me not lie obviously I always wanted to do comedy in it but I was mad shook like I was I was just being like so scared to jump on because like uh, in my head yeah I was I was like in my head was like being funny is probably the only thing I'm like probably good at and I didn't want to <laughs> like I didn't want to like go on stage and realize I wasn't funny so I was, I was scared to like basically put myself out there um mm. so then you know like just a few people that like a few people were saying like oh yeah man you should just you should do it you should do it and then I was just like you know what I'm just gonna do it man and then like I just signed up one time actually no i didn't even sign up i just went to a gig one time and i just jumped on there and it was literally like i was like yeah i'm just as this is what i should be doing man and mm. yeah just literally from there just like non-stop just just been just been gigging really yeah
2: i don't know much about the comedic world how does it even work i mean you mentioned the circuit but what how do you get started into it how do you grow into it and how does it sort of work as a whole it's it's a
1: weird one like so it's like there's a there's a um the open mic circuit right so that is basically open to anybody and anybody so any there's a few like open mic nights they call it yeah where you can just join a forum on facebook or whatever and you sign up and you you can just walk on stage and then normally like 5 minute spots so mm-hmm. you might have 10 people 10 comedians new acts and they just go up and try and do 5 minutes basically
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so that's like the first that's how you can get into it. And there's like a load of them. There's about, obviously London is a good comedy city because there's just so many, like so many different nights and stuff. And they're like, don't get me wrong. They're like, they're not like glamorous or anything. They're probably in like the back of a pub or the <laughs> <a> basement somewhere, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's just somewhere, yeah. somewhere, wherever they would, they would put on comedy. And you, you can, you do that for a while. um, And then like, there's another stage where it's like, the, and then it's like, basically like the open mic, the open mic scene is like a, a world pool of so many different types of comedians so you will get like a a straight stand-up like me myself or you might get an alternative comedian or you might get an improv comedian and then depending on on how you see you, your comedy going is kind of how the direction you take into so there's like the club circuit where you do like the traditional stand-up comedy clubs like the comedy store backyard where you just a straight shooter you go up and you tell jokes etc and then you've got people who like do alternative comedy that might go into like do stuff around in like colleges and stuff like that so it's mm-hmm. like it kind of depends on on like what style of comedy you do really if that makes sense what I'm saying
0: yeah 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 so yes. we had a uh comedy club owner on uh, a while back And he was talking about how much prep it takes to really fill those five, 10 minute slots, like how much material you need to build up. How do you go about doing your act and and building your material?
1: It's a good question. Like I kind of do it like I kind of approach writing comedy like I'm a lawyer going to court. Mm -hmm. How I do it is like, okay. so if I'm a lawyer going to court, I have a case. I have a uh, stance on the case. So whether I, I feel that this person's, um, whether I'm defending this person or I, uh, I'm trying to prosecute them, I have a jury that I need to convince of my stance on the case. And then the most important thing I have to bring to court is the evidence. So that's how I kind of approach comedy. So it's like, my case is my topic. My jury is my audience. My, my stance on the case is my, like my premise, like what do I want to talk about? what's my opinion on a particular thing and then my evidence are my jokes mm-hmm. so so it's almost like i look at it like okay it's like obviously when i when I watch these like these like drama these drama like law shows they're always like oh we're not going to go to court because this case is not winnable so i always look at it, it's like when i look at my topics it's like is this a winnable topic and
0: that's such an interesting way to look at it
1: yeah so when i talk about winnable topic topic yeah it's more like is this interesting? Like, do people are people gonna find this interesting? Like, what am I saying about this thing? What's why is it worth me coming on stage with it? So that's like the first. That's like the first hurdle. Is this worth me even talking about, right? Mm. And then I have a try and get a particular stomp, standpoint on it. So let's say I'm talking about I don't know. Let's say my my topic might be relationships. Like, what about relationships? Am I actually talking about? What do I find interesting about those things? And what 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 are my opinions on those things? So I, ha- I write that out, and then I have like my jokes as my evidence. So like, it's, it's trying to convince the audience of my point of view, and that's how I look at it like that. So that's like my writing process.
0: Mm.
1: And it's Tip also, and also with that, sorry to sorry to cut you off. Yeah, it's no also An editing process. So like, you you can, you write a lot, you go on stage, but then like the main the main important the main important ingredient of it is actually um the editing process so you have like a bunch of ideas so that you might have a topic and you have a load of like different premises in the topic that you want to explore and then you're going through each one thinking oh this one's stronger this one isn't that strong and the key is like editing it those down so i might write i might write a a piece of material that's maybe 20 minutes but really and truly i might need to cut that down to seven minutes so that's why working in production working in television has really helped my comedy because i i take the same sort of approach in terms of filming and and editing so if I'm filming a piece I might obviously if I'm filming something or an interview I might film for an hour and cut it down to 20 minutes so I know that 20 minutes is going to be incredible Mm. so that's how I approach writing so if I if I write for 20 minutes worth of material I know I probably really got maybe like seven minutes and but it's that seven minutes going to be concise and sharp so I'd rather have like a really strong seven than a baggy 20 if that makes sense
0: yeah, that leads really nicely into actually the the next question, which was, um, so you've done, you know, your comedic stand-up kind of thing and you're doing stuff in the media as well, obviously, you know, with your show on BT Sport and also you mentioned your show where you interview people. So how did that kind of part of your career come about where you were introduced into the world of the media, really?
1: That, that yeah, is uh, this is like, when I mean like this is just like, there's so many factors that just fell into fell into place. I can't lie. Like, yeah. like, literally woke up one day and I was just like a presenter of a new show. I was like, what <laughs> doing that sort of thing. So basically, like my story is, I started at BT as an apprentice, right? So I used to kick ball. Um, mm-hmm. I was playing. I was like a schoolboy at um, ALC Wimbledon, then I went to Wellin, and then I went to um, uh, I went to. Uh, where did I go to? I went to Harrogate Town up in Leeds oh, and basically cool. so I played there for a year didn't really work out so I needed to move back to London and I had to move back into my mum's house <laughs> my mum was like look if you come back here you have to go uni- university innit and my whole thing yeah that my biggest like I'm not I'm not sure you guys know, but in an African household, yeah, going to uni is like going to heaven. It's like the, <laughs> it's the same equivalent. Like so, my mum had been like from the day I was I can remember they're pushing university in it. Mm. And I've always rebelled against it. Like all of my brothers went uni, and I'm like, I don't want to go uni, I don't see the point in it. Anyone I know that went to uni didn't doesn't have a job that they went to uni for, and they just in mm. my I don't understand why you would want to go. So I was just constant push by my mom. My mom said, Look, if you come here you got to go, go to uni innit? it. So I was like, okay, what, what kind of balance can I find? So I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I want to look for apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. So I started looking for like a load of apprenticeships in media, like sports media. Cause that's the one, one thing that like, like sports that like, really like interested me, like more than like the scientific stuff and like most people like who play football and go into like sports stuff, they go into like sports therapy and stuff like that. The thing that interested, interested me the most was like, like, sports media like I always used to watch pundits and stuff like that so that's the kind of vibe that, that I wanted to get into so I applied for like no word of a lie guys yeah I applied for like a hundred apprenticeships yeah and I didn't get <laughs> any of them like to the point wow. where I was like I gave up I was like okay I signed up for a uni I went on UCAS and everything and then I was just like let me just check I was like let me just check the Gov UK website again innit? Mm. click. I clicked media and sport Boom, BT Sport came up I was like, oh crap And I was like one of the first people to get like BT Because I was like BT Broadband So I had BT Sport in it So I was like, oh, this is this a sign or whatever oh, okay. I, So I, I quickly like I applied for it And the application was kind of long Like you had to write kind of write essay of why BT Sport should hire you Etc, etc So I think it was like a thousand applicants, yeah And then they narrowed a thousand down to a hundred Wow yeah so I didn't know in it they were like you're gonna have a group interview yeah so I've been in a, like a few of those group interviews are like uh River Island or whatnot yeah and it's like six people I walk in this place yeah there's like a hundred people I was <laughs> like, what what am I I started rubbing my eyes like am I seeing things correctly sort of thing yeah so then it was like a whole recruitment process for a month and a you month? just have yeah a month so you had to wow. do like different tasks yeah so you had to like conduct an interview and like all of those kind of stuff and so basically each week they just narrowed the number down from 100 to like whatever and like one of the i think one of the last challenges like you had to pitch you had to pitch why bt should hire you in front of a camera Oh, so i don't under i don't at the time i didn't know but there's a different pressure like when a camera's on you and i don't know why like so it's like yeah, it's yeah. a different feel yeah you know what i'm saying so had to get through that right so then they've narrowed it down to 20 and there was different departments at bt looking for different apprentices yeah
2: mm.
1: and they basically put you forward basic based on like the recruitment process they put you forward into the role that they thought that you would be best suited right so then um i basically and i there was a particular role i wanted to do like schedule managing or something like that and I was like paramount that I wanted to do that but luckily they didn't they put me they were like oh we feel like you're more creative like so you should do logging in it now so I had to interview with like the head of archive who was like the who was like running the logging team I'll explain mm-hmm. what logging is in a minute so then did the interview now I ended up getting a job so it was like six so out of the out of the thousand applicants there was six roles. I ended up getting one of the logging roles yeah wow now Logging is basically, it's very like simple. It's like basically I would just like watch a load of different sports, yeah, mainly football, and I would have to like log all the key moments in the game. So if I'm watching football, I would have to log all the free kicks and the goals and the red cards, etc. So if they're doing an edit, they can just click on my log. And if they want to find clips of Neymar, they can just look at the log sheet and they'll be able to find it and clip it out basically. Cool. Uh, so I always I, wondered who does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally the most, dim- I literally watched every, you're watching, I was watching like six, seven games a day. Like, oh and you're not just, you're not just doing like football. You're doing rugby. There's times you're doing like flipping rowing and shit like that. So <laughs> I, was like, I was just literally watching like sport all day. So I basically said to myself, like, I need to kind of get out of digital. I need to kind of get out of logging. Yeah? So what it was, yeah, logging was good because I was on shift work. So I had a five day week and a three day week. So what mm-hmm. I was doing yeah, in my days off, I would just come into the building and, like, shadow different departments. Because how BT works is, like, an open open plan building. It's, like, two floors, open plan. So, like, you can just walk anywhere and you can just meet, see anyone and go over to anyone. So I was just, like, all right, cool. I'm going to see what I want to do in it. I kind of wanted to be a producer. So I started shadowing production. I started shadowing different, like, teams, like. Um, promos and digital and that so when i was doing all the shadowing on my days off i realized that i wanted to get into the digital team because the digital was like more in tune with what i was i was young i was like into social media into youtube and that kind that's the kind of content space that they were they were creating it was like less traditional tv if that makes sense and Mm -hmm. they were a growing team so i was like okay hopefully i need to get into i need to get into digital but there was no digital roles that came up so then um it was coming up to the end of my apprentice apprenticeship, um, and then promos, promos, um, promos had a job role offer, so I applied for it, and then did an interview, um, and then as I did the interview, yeah, I did my first interview, digital also had a job offer role so I was like oh my god right? oh what am i gonna do sort of thing so i i conjured, I conjured up a plan where I was going to apply for the digital role thinking by the time thinking yeah that the promos team by the time they get back to me I already had my interview with digital and then I can see what plan it out but then <laughs> the the next day promos offered me the job so I was like what do I do, oh. what do I, yeah what do I do so I didn't really want to do promos like that but I just i just didn't want to log so I turned down I turned down the promos job. Wow. I turned it down and I hadn't had my, in- I hadn't even heard back from digital at this point. So I turned it down. Luckily, uh, I turned, luckily like digital got back to me, offered me an interview, interviewed with them and they gave me the job. So then- so i you
0: turned a- it down without knowing if digital would give you the job?
1: Yeah. So wow. basically if, if, if digital don't give me the job, I'll still be logging till today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, that's what I'm saying. I'll still be logging 2021. I'll be a logger. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just felt, you know what, there's no point me settling and going for something that I don't really want to do. I'd rather just try and push it to the best thing that I can do and kind of like just try and back myself. Do you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? yeah, yeah. In that sense. So ended up, ended up like, um, being like a junior producer at digital, so I was just doing like a load of different stuff. Um My the head of the head of the team just it always like he, even when I was shadowing, he always like took a liking to me and kind of like liked my ideas. I was like a new perspective for him. And obviously, I was young, I was black, so it's like it was a different like a different thing in his team. So like he mm-hmm. kind of got inspiration from what I was bringing. And he really, like, a huge fan of stand-up comedy. So when I, when I knew, when he found out I was doing comedy, he was, like, really an advocate for me. So what I started, I just started, I was just, like, almost like a sponge. I was just, like, learning from different aspects of digital, the kind of stuff I wanted to do. So one thing I started doing here was I started doing, like, Instagram stories at live events. Mm. So, like, there might be a boxing event or a football game, and I'll just be, like, doing a behind-the-scenes Instagram stories. And I'm going to not lie to you guys, I was just, Blagging it in it like I would just be like <laughs> taking the, I would just be pushing my luck in it. I would just like hide in the changing room. You know what I'm trying to say. See the boxer and be like, "Yo, bro, I'm just at BT. Can I get a little thing?" They'll be like, "Yeah, cool." And they will just like, "So I ended up getting some crazy, like some crazy exclusive stories, in it."
2: That must so then, have been some cool experience. Like, yeah, seeing some great sportsmen doing that.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure, it was it was it was mad. So then, um, so then like they were like. They like the story. So then like had a, another opportunity where they're like, why don't we want you to like host the story? So like put your face on it, basically. Wow. So I was like, all right, cool. So I started doing that, started like like presenting the stories sort of thing. Um then like the biggest change happened. So like I was doing a load of boxing for digital, and then we acquired so many BT acquired so many like different boxing rights, and then they ended up signing Tyson Fury, so it became like a much bigger it became not not as big as football, but it became like an, 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 a massive thing that we were doing rather than just a side thing that we were doing. So they created a boxing team. Now, the head of my team, so that my line manager at the time was running that team and he basically said, like, look, I don't want you just to do boxing. Um, I'd rather you, like, be across the other stuff that you're doing in it rather than just limiting you to boxing. And I was, I was like mad pissed, pissed off because I was like, doing all, <laughs> I was doing all the boxing stuff. Like I had built relationships with some of the fighters and stuff like that. So I was like, I was a bit pissed off, but then literally the next week we had, a Oh, oh this is my, it's mad because like this week, yeah, there was a boxing event that I couldn't go to. Mm. And then we had, um, we had like, um, this workshop at Google. So I was pissed that I had to go to this workshop. (laughs) Like I was mad pissed. I was like, I wish I was in like flipping wherever, wherever the boxing event was doing the boxing. I'm just in this workshop talking about ideas, but literally this is the workshop that changed my life innit? So we done, we're at Google because Google got this deal with BT where they show the Champions League on on YouTube for free. So we go into Google from time to time to do like workshops. Mm. Now this workshop was like for original YouTube ideas. So it's like people from Google, people from BT, and they're all just coming up with different ideas, isn't it? So it's like a two-day workshop. So I imagine the first day I'm in the workshop, all pissed off. Now second day, second day they're like, oh, we need, we're gonna split you guys into groups, and you're all gonna come up with original YouTube ideas, right? Now beforehand, before like my show, I was like into football shirts, isn't it? So I always used to wear football shirts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. So the head of my team was in my group, and he was like, why don't we? Why let's figure out something around football shirts? So we started talking cultivating this idea which became what i wore and it wasn't called what i wore at the time i think we called it like something stupid like get your kit on or something like that <laughs> and it was all about it was all it was all about shirts and that culture around shirts etc cetera, etc cetera. so then what you had to do yeah, here is that you had to pick put your idea on the board right and then everyone was given fake monopoly money yeah and then a member from each team had to pitch their idea to the wider group So the head of my team was like, "Ah, Andrew, you pitched the idea, and I was like, you sure? He's like, yeah, you're wearing a shirt, it makes sense. Pitch the idea. So Mm -hmm. I pitched the idea, et cetera, et cetera. And then with your Monopoly money, yeah, you had to put your money in the idea that you thought was the best, Mm -hmm, you feel me? So obviously I put all my bread in my idea, I I just slapped all my bread in the idea. And then it ended up getting picked like that It was that And another show It ended up getting picked As like the two Leading ones
2: to do and That then, must feel so cool Being like Going to a workshop Creating up this Like random idea And then eventually That's that's an idea That BT Sport roll with.
1: Yeah it was mad So then yeah So now I'm thinking at this point I'm just going to be A producer on the show Like I'm thinking Okay this is Finally a project I get to To run That's what I'm thinking Isn't it So mm. then they're like literally two weeks after, they're like, Look, we've we we have we got in contact with classic football shirts, like we're kinda of ready to go. We've got Delhi Ali, um, who wants to shoot the first one. They were like, Andrew, do you wanna do you wanna um shoot the first one? I was like, What do you mean shoot the first one? They're like, Yeah, do you wanna present it? I was like, Yeah, but I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking at this point, it's like... Because what normally happens is like they do in-house pilots, isn't it? So it's like, mm-hmm. you'll shoot a pilot, but it only be shown in-house. So then the powers that be will decide, all right, that's good, we'll give you some money to do it, basically. So that's what I thought I was presenting. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did, the, I did the Delhi one. Cool, it went well, it was fine. Then literally, like, two days after, the like real Ferdinand got a hold of it. He wants to do it in it?
0: Oh, so now... God.
1: So now they're like, "Do you want to do this one as well?" I'm like, "Oh my god, Real <laughs> Ferdinand, cool." So this one I was more, I was, I wasn't really scared about the Delhi one yet, but mm-hmm. I was. I don't know why, but I was so scared with the real one because we did it. It was a Champions League night, so there was a load of people in the building, and we did it in the studio before they set up for the Champions League. So there's so many people watching. You feel me? So yeah, and obviously yeah. Rio is mad. Mad big, he's massive, innit? it? So when he's walking towards me, I was thinking, "Fuck, this. <laughs> <laughs> this is not for me." And they kept on saying, "Like, oh, this is the one we're gonna launch. This is the one we're gonna launch," in it. So I knew there was a lot riding on it. If it was shit, it would have been shit, and then like whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? It would have been done. But then like Rio was like Rio went to a school right next to man. So when he when he found that out, he was like, he's been like mad safe to me like beforehand, and he just kind of. I'm not going to lie. Like he kind of just carried me. He kind of just made it so comfortable where I was just like, he was just, I didn't really have to do much. If that makes sense. Like mm. he was just so enthusiastic with the shirts and everything. And then they edited it, put it out and it literally just went off.
0: That's awesome. How cool is that?
1: Went off and I was just like blown away. And I was just like, look, you're the face of it now. We can't really give it to anyone else. And then <laughs> we, and then, and then through that, through that opportunity, literally through me like doing well in the other interviews and stuff, and then like they just giving me different opportunities. Got to do like more traditional sit down stuff, in um, present other pieces there. And then like yeah, and then like in the summer now I'll be actually leaving BT to be like a freelance presenter. So that's wow
0: yeah I I think you are such a brilliant example of somebody who we we talk about all the time about university and and like you you know we've got friends who went to uni and don't really study what they learned at uni or or don't have jobs in what they learned at uni Mm. um and you know you the fact that you did an apprenticeship you came in on your days off to to you know um shadow people and you've built this career out of an apprenticeship like it can be done and you're a great example of of how you can do it
1: yeah, for sure, man. And it's just like, there's just different things. Like, let's keep it real, guys. People are lazy, innit? Yeah. On, like, yeah, yeah. And like, I can't lie, like, the logging was draining because the logging were, were fucking 10, 10-hour 10 shifts. Oof. It was like 12 till 10 or like 9 till 7. And like, on your days off, you the last thing you want to do is walk back into the building, innit? But I just yeah. knew, like, it's either you have, like, I always look at it like this anything that's hard i just go for it because i know it's going to make my life better rather than doing what's easier so if i, I could come in on my days and just kind of get through the login but i'd be logging forever so yeah. it's like i want to get out of this i might as well just make it hard for these next two years and kind of progress and kick on so that's how i just kind of looked at it. it's like and don't get me wrong logging is a great opportunity i'm not knocking logging in any way but it was just more like i had ambition for my career and what i wanted to do. And I just knew, like, no one's going to hand it to me. So I have to put myself out there. I have to be friendly. I have to be available. And yeah. that's just kind of the mentality I had.
2: No, that actually leads on quite well. Usually i start, what sort of personality traits do you see in yourself that you think really have helped you get to where you are today? Probably, like, I'll definitely
1: say, like, a willingness to learn. Um, but at the same, I think, like, you need a balance, in it? So, like, one of my favourite comedians is Richard Pryor, yeah? and yeah. i've read an article about him the other day and like the, the the line i took from it is like he was like swaggering and vulnerable boastful and confessional superheroic and all too ordinary and it's like he was able to have a balance of confidence but also be vulnerable where you could connect with him mm. and i like that, that notion of like you have to be confident you have to believe that you can you can make it out of where your, your circumstances or you can push on, but you have to be humble enough to be able to learn from the people who are in positions as well. So it's catching that fine balance. A lot of people like are just too too on the vulnerable side and they just feel like they can't progress and the whole system is against them. And then there's a lot of people who are just like boastful and brag and think they have all the answers already. So you have to have that balance between confidence and also humility in order to learn and get to where you're going.
0: Mm. So, with all your work that you've done in the world of comedy and now in the world of media, what have been some of the biggest positives for you?
1: What do you mean by positives? it's like,
0: so yeah, I guess opportunities like like you got to do the interviews with Rio Ferdinand, oh, and right, just you know, how how do you you know why do you do it? You know, what are the things that you think are really positive about these industries?
1: For sure. Well, comedy is definitely uh comedy for me is just like a way of life. It's more like an ovation i feel it's more like the 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 joy of making people laugh like making people happy and making people remember something that you've said and just being able like to no matter where the thing about the beautiful thing about comedy is that no matter where you're doing it right it always feels good so if i'm in a in a pub somewhere and there's four people and you have those four people laughing, it feels as good as having a hundred people laughing at up the creek or whatever, do you know what I mean? Mm. And that's the beauty of, of doing comedy. So like that notion, that feeling of like, just having fun on stage, is just like the best feeling. Like I always say like laughter is just like the, the biggest medicine, do you know what I mean? Once people are laughing, like you can just feel a positivity and energy in a room that kind of like, no matter what you're going through, you kind of like can get through that. So it's almost like, that's why I love doing comedy. And it's more, it's not not necessarily, obviously I've had success in comedy and, it, and like the successes are never like as good as like, the successes of like growing up in the ladder of comedy. It's not about, it doesn't feel as good as like just doing well on stage, no matter where you are, sort of thing. Um, presenting is definitely like, uh, one of the big ones for me was doing, gareth bell what i wore like it was the first i flew to spain
0: oh wow uh,
1: that was the first time i went to spain like that was just a crazy experience that i get i get to like that day was that week was mad because i was at the um a couple years back it was when um do you guys remember when manchester united knocked out psg they did a comeback at yep. you know, paris and rashford scored a penalty i was at that game and wow. i remember like filming and getting mad close to the players And then literally that night, I flew to Spain to do like what I wore with um, Gareth Bale. And I remember just thinking, oh, my God, this life, is (laughs) crazy, isn't it? Um, So that was definitely a positive. A big one for me personally Mm. was I'd interviewed my cousin, Abera Ezra? He plays for Crystal Palace. Oh, cool. Um, So I did an interview on BT Sport with him on the estate that we grew up. Oh, wow so it was just like literally we just did like a memory lane sort of thing um walking around all the estates and this like the, his his journey because his journey was like so many setbacks as well like he got released from so many clubs so now him being like a a proper star in the premier league was just like it's just like a massive inspirational story so like doing that on the estate that we grew up in was just like a a big coming together for the family sort of thing
2: how cool what would, um also be some negatives or less favorable aspects of this industry it's obviously an industry most people don't get to see a side of but um what would be some things that you've found about it
1: what like as in in both fields yeah
2: yeah yeah, both yeah fields
1: well comedy i feel like there's a lot of because i would say there's a lot of distractions from actual comedy right because like comedy is a lot of Let me just keep it real. There's a lot of weird people in comedy. Weirdos, (laughs) let's keep it real. Like, they're a bit, like, they're not stand... A lot of not stand-up individuals. So you're dealing with, like, people who have, like, massive egos and but also fragile egos and, like, um, scared of, like, competition, scared of, like, um, progression sort of thing. Mm. So a lot of the times you kind of get caught up into, like, the drama of the circuit, if that makes sense, and people not... People not booking certain people because they they don't want to or because they have a certain type of way or whatever. Or someone you might you might have a relationship with someone and it goes sour and then they tell certain people not to book you and stuff like that. So you can you can deal with that kind of stuff. There's a lot of like because uh, like, I feel like there's a lot of like woe is me in comedy. If that makes yeah, sense, like,
0: yeah.
1: That people like thrive off of and it and a lot of those people come from a place where they don't focus on what. It's like they're almost in comedy for they're in comedy, not for comedy, but they're in comedy for like the drama of comedy. And sometimes you you you're mixed within. Sometimes you can get mixed within that. So that's like a tr- a tricky thing um, with comedy and having to deal with that. And also like not really knowing. Obviously, the pandemic was a big one. And also like just not really knowing um, the routes to take. Like comedy is such a is such a vast. There's no like set way to do it. So you can kind of feel lost sometimes in your pursuit of comedy, which I think, which I think in anything you do, you shouldn't really do it for a pursuit. You should just do it for the craft and for the love of it, sort of thing. Cause then I try and keep, I suppose, like what I'm trying to say is like, I feel like peace in your life comes from when you realize that everything comes from you and you're not trying to seek outside validation. Mm. Uh, and you're not trying to seek like progression as a way to like to fulfill you and with comedy there's a load of like the notion the whole notion is that you go on stage almost to get validation like you're judged on people's reaction of you so people tend to realize people tend to treat that in people who are in comedy can tend to treat that around their whole life and if they're not getting booked or if they're not if someone doesn't speak to them at a gig they kind of take it personal and stuff and it's sometimes it's hard to circum circumvent through that if that makes yeah. sense.
0: yeah no interesting oh. point uh
1: in terms of television um i think the difficult thing for me is because i was more was more on the digital side it was kind of like getting out of i felt like a constant battle for me is trying to especially at like in the big corporation world tv world it's like trying to shift the model from traditional television to online and realizing mm. that and trying to convince people who have been in the game for like 30 years that no one really watches tv like that anymore you know what i mean so yeah yeah yeah. The focus should be online and digital so i think like the notion of like big hotshot producers is like oh this is the social media thing it's just a tweet thing but it's like social media now and online platforms is the biggest it's the biggest like tool. Mm. It's the most traction you're going to get the most hits out of. Like, I don't think I, just, it's just so many things, even so many things that are on TV. I, I watch, I hear, of, I watch them on YouTube. Like let's let's say, say like Graham Norton. I've, I can't remember the last time I watched Graham Norton on, on television. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's yeah.
0: always on Facebook. Clips yeah. Or it's always like on that. Facebook or like yeah, a yeah, YouTube
1: yeah. clip. So it's like the notion of that digital is like the new world. So I think like, I think when I came into the game, we was in a transition between it being just a tweet thing to it being the thing, if that makes sense. And yeah, a lot yeah. of people held on to like the the traditional T V sense, which was just like a dinosaur sort of thing. So it's like <laughs> if we got if we got access to David Beckham, then the stuff that we do online should be the priority because that's the stuff that's gonna hit the most. Whereas yes. like you will get someone that just says, no, we're 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 the Champions League team. So we want to do a piece before the before the pundits talk about the game, and it's like, well, no one watches that. I can't remember the last time I I I, I turn on the TV at seven p.m. to watch the pundits talk about the game. If it's, the game's at eight p.m., that's when I'm turning it on. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, and you're yes, on your so phone late. before the game.
0: You yeah. might and if you see a clip about it, then you'll watch that, right. right?
1: Yeah, if you see a clip about the pundits stuff, I'll watch it on YouTube. I'd watch it. Facebook. Yeah. So it's, it's like it's like that was probably like the difficulty of like of that working in tv i'd say
0: Mm. so at this point we always like to talk about um average income figures so um what we do is go away look for data and see if you would agree so what we did was we went for the apprenticeship within the tv world um and we found the average was around sixteen thousand for a starting apprentice does that sound right to you
1: yeah i think i was getting something stupid like 200 pound a week or something dumb Mm. like that remember eating into me and stuff thinking (laughs) me fam yeah like even when i joined even when i joined even when i was doing um even when i was doing like interviews and i was still on a junior wage Mm. like so i wasn't i i only really started getting decent money like maybe the last year or so. so yeah that's probably that's probably like average yeah
2: okay and what would be something that's uh, not in the job description, something you never expected to be dealing with um, in this career path?
1: Mm, that's a good question. What do you mean by nothing like like something like that just occurred?
0: Yeah, something random that you, you never thought you'd have to deal with when you were doing these jobs.
1: I think, like, for me, especially, like, TV, it's like the – I didn't realise how many departments there are into making a show. mm so I just, obviously, I I just think you just shoot something and you edit it and that's it in it? But it's like, there's so many different clogs. So it's like, even with editing, you have to do stuff like harding tests. You have to do like epilepsy tests. You have to go through compliance. Who have to screen check it and make sure it's like regulated by Ofcom and all of that shit. So it's like, I didn't know just when you see something on your screen, how many things it's been through mm, for you point. to view it. So that was probably like the hardest thing for me to deal with was more like um it's more like um uh yeah, it's more it's more like um like the process that comes with making a video, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, go on. So if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I really want to go into this, you know, world of TV, for example, what's one piece of advice you would give them? You know, is it start to create your own content or how can they stand out when they want to go for a job within this world?
1: Yeah, I I would say try and create the beauty of the Internet is there's a great equalizer. You don't need you don't really there's no the gatekeepers have lost all their power. So you can kind of build leverage by just doing your own thing and being creative, like, with the tools that you have. Um, one thing I would say is, like, don't really feel like you need many things. Like, mm. you don't need, like, a, a a quality camera or, like, a, a mic setup and that like, you can just literally start filming and get, get it cracking. Um, and also, I would also say, like, kind of, like, understand your inner... Understand coming in, you're in it for, the. it's going to be a long ride, meaning like most, like all the senior producers at BT, they all started running, right? So that means they were making teas and coffees and heating up people's lasagnas and stuff. So (laughs) you have to be, you've got to be, yeah, if you come into the game, unless your dad is, I don't know, Piers Morgan or something like that, you're going to have to, that's the route you're going to have to take. Yeah. You're going to have to get apprentice and be on rubbish money or do you know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah, you'll be in it for the love of it yeah you gotta just just
1: go for it yeah and just just realize like your position right now is not you and it's just your position and you're just in a transitional period and just be in there and just and just there's no pressure just go in there and have fun sort of thing it's like you know what i mean saying circle it all up you're you're in an industry where you're going to be around you can rub soldiers with like some really cool people Like if you're if you're a runner on a film shoot it's just like you might be Leonardo DiCaprio might be you might be chatting to him. Do you know what I'm saying? You yeah. Know, those gems.
2: There's, there's crazy opportunities. You meet some people. It's that experience for a while, isn't it?
1: For sure. For sure. And just, and just know, like, you know, it doesn't mean just know that like, it doesn't, it doesn't demean you in any way. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, that's certainly. A, lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people feel like, why would I want to, well, I'm making no man's coffee. Like allow that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's just like, it doesn't demean you in, in any way. And so just kind of like, come in with like a humble approach that's what i would say
2: and uh would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now would you wish you listened to your mum when we're to university
1: <laughs> oh my god imagine so like me my mum <laughs> was watching an interview mine the other day and she was like oh andrew i'm so sorry that i told you to go to university <laughs> i was like yeah look at you now <laughs> <laughs> but no i would i would definitely say get into it like especially like because the real especially like obviously comedy can never die in it people love to laugh. Yeah. so if you want to do it, comedy just that's just the beauty I would, I would, but obviously comedy is another one where it's like it's not if you really want to be a good comedian it's not it's not easy you know what i'm trying to say it's, it's yeah and it's a lot of evenings it's a lot of sacrifice you're gonna to have to take but if that's what you want to get into then like just go for it, man. You will never feel as free as you do on stage. That's one. So I would definitely get into it, into comedy. If it's TV as well, it's like if you're getting into creating content, it's like the world is just begging for content. The world is like, you know I'm trying to say? There's so many Mm -hmm. different realms of content that you can create. You can create TikToks, you can create reels, you can create YouTube videos, documentaries. It doesn't really matter. There's so many things that you can get into. And what I would say to a lot of people is like, a lot of people don't know what they want to do because they they haven't tried all the things
0: yeah that's it you gotta try it
1: so you have to try all of these things it's like when i came into bt i was like i want to be a producer i want to be a producer i want to be a producer i shattered a producer one day and i was like fuck this i do not want to be a producer (laughs) Do you know what I'm trying to say? And that's how yeah. it should work. Like you should go out and try stuff. If you're okay, like, I want to create content. Okay, what kind of content do you want to create? Let me let me start a TikTok account. Let me start this. Let me start that. Let me let me do all of these things. And then really see what you want to do. And then I'm telling you, if you see what you want to do, there'll be a there'll be a format of creativity that you can create and then and then and you can progress.
0: That's it. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on, Andrew. It's been uh, been really interesting to hear about how you got into everything and uh, how it's going for you.
1: It's all good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, guys.
0: Yeah, cheers. It's been awesome listening
2: to your story and how you got to where you are. Where can people find you um, on social media?
1: Um, on Instagram, um, Andrew Mensa underscore TikTok, the same. I, I have a Twitter, but I, I hate Twitter, so I don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> um, you can see my stuff on uh, BT Sport YouTube channel as well. Um, what I will, we've had, we've got like a load of a load of good guys on there. We've had Stevie and Gerard, Bell, as I said, Rio. Pep Guardiola, Gary car so that's been, there's a load of episodes to get in and we're going to be relaunching it as well. Obviously, we had to shut it down because of the pandemic and stuff. But um, yeah, so that's where you can find me, BT, and on my social media, AndrewMence underscore.
0: Awesome, thank, thank you. you
1: no worries, guys, man. Thanks for having me.